listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm joined by the lovely Olivia Heyman, our awesome executive assistant. Hey, guys. Today, we are talking about safety together, understanding and negotiating your safety instincts in marriage. So we are going to talk all things subtypes today with the Enneagram. Many of you know your subtypes, but we want to make sure that you really know it well, and you might even get to find out what's your shadow side today so that you can get more balance. I am so looking forward to that because I think we can all learn a thing or two about balance. So I'm going to talk briefly with Olivia about the three types of subtypes, and they are self-preservation, social, and also intimate. Some people call the intimate sexual, and some people call it one-to-one. So I'm trying to cover all the bases. Have you heard it called anything else? I actually, when I first took one that had the subtypes, it said sexual for me, and I'm like, um, excuse me? I'm like, that <laughs> was so a little funny. rude. And then and then when I was talking with you, and you're like, no, that's just called like basically one-on-one. And in my mind, I kind of relate that to like the love languages, which would be like like quality time or maybe like in a romantic relationship, like physical touch or something. So Mm -hmm. I kind of did it that way. And I'm like, oh, well, obviously you're not going to have the same love language for everybody because each relationship's different. So I was like, okay, that makes a little more sense if I kind of put it together like that. But yes, Mm -hmm. I know. I know people with every one of the subtypes. So I've got to see it play out. Good. I'm so glad. And then hopefully as you, as you're listening and as we're growing, we're all looking more like a balanced version so that you don't look like you're really over the top in any. And I know that I've shared a little bit on my blog about my story that I started out as a 20-something, as a very social subtype. And I really have changed that now into my more shadow side that I have to work at because I got so burned out. And you can get so burned out on one of the subtypes. So make sure as you're listening to each one that you think about, am I burning myself out on this? Can I move more fluidly into the other two so I can balance my life and my marriage? Because a lot of people find that their marriage gets so much better, not really by shifting that much in their Enneagram type, because sometimes we said even in earlier episodes, boy, if you're a seven, you're a seven forever. If you're a six, you're a six forever. There's going to be some growth, but you're going to see yourself slide up and down between the growth and the health and all that. Whereas the subtypes, you can really do a lot of permanent work in balancing. So I think there's even more growth you can find there. So you probably already heard Olivia talk a little bit about what the intimate subtypes like, but that really doesn't just mean that you're very sexual. It could. God made everyone to be sexual. And I've actually seen and and studied that 75% of men would say, physical touch is their dominant. And I've done some of the studies in my polls. You'll see in the highlights for Instagram that we do have a large number of people who love intimacy and sex, but that does not embody the intimate subtype completely because some are not married. Some are not even thinking in terms of that. They're just thinking, I love my one-on-one connections. So for you, if that's your most dominant subtype, that means maybe you're a five or you're a four and your favorite thing to do when you have a chance or it's your birthday, or people say, what would you love to do on an island all by yourself? Take a minute to think about that. And of course, if you're an intimate subtype, you're going to say, not by myself. I need my one-to-one. And so that's the first thing you're going to bring is your person. And you don't need a bunch of people. You need one. And it could be that you need one friend today and a different friend tomorrow. It doesn't mean that it's always the same person. But in a marriage, it does mean that you're going to enjoy that quality time together. Doesn't mean only that, but it means that's going to be a very important feature for you. So you're probably not going to want to marry somebody who can't give you a lot of time. And there are a lot of Enneagram types who can't give as much time. 
and I shouldn't really stereotype, but just to kind of point some directions at what I might be getting at is fives, we've talked about having limited time because of their energy level. Ones, because of their missions out there and their constant thriving and striving to be even more perfect and to make things right, they're not going to have quite as much time most of the time unless you work with them. And I really want to let you know that these are important features to pay attention to if you're not married yet. There's sixes who really love loyalty and time together. Threes adore that. Fours love that, need their withdrawing time. Twos really like their time together. And you know I'm just having to blanket it a bit, but I want you to kind of realize that if you're not married yet. And if you are married, recognize that the coolest thing about marriage is that, well, there's a lot of cool things. It's not the coolest <laughs> thing, but one of the coolest things is that it's it's a place where you can be safe, but it's not the only place. You can still have a best friend where I have a couple like that that I know that they each have a best friend and that best friend takes up a lot of their time too. So they love their intimate times, but they just spend time hanging out with their best friend on a weekly basis and that fills some of that. That's so interesting. And I feel like the intimate and the social subtypes almost overlap because both of them Mm. are people oriented. So what is what it would be like the main difference between the two if someone's trying to figure out if they're intimate or social? That's a great question. The social subtype feels more connected when the group is making them feel safe. So it could be a Republican Party, a Democratic Party. I'm backing with the blue. I've got my, you know, Hillary Swank. I'm Hillary Swank. <laughs> Hillary. Well, maybe you're a Hillary, Sw- Hillary Swank person. That is hilarious. And so it could be that you're that, but it could be Hillary Clinton. It could be that you love Trump. It could be that you hate Trump. We've got people in this culture that are so diversified on all these different points and so many more groups. So if you're a social subtype, you feel the safest, not just when you're one-to-one with somebody. That could be part of it. Like you said, there's an overlap. But when you feel connected with a safe group, and that makes you feel like this is part of my culture, this is part of my heritage, and often this is my genealogy nerd stuff. When you go far enough back, sometimes you can see that somebody was part of a clan, or uh, I think of the Scottish clans when I say that, or a group where they really did embody groupthink, and it really created a survival for their culture. So you might say, oh, the the Jewish people have had to stick together because of what they've been through, and that would be partly true. So I think that's an important feature to look at when you're thinking about whether you're the social subtype is how has that blessed you? Why are you that subtype? And how is that, as we're looking at all of these subtypes, even hurting you in your marriage potentially? Because of course, we both know if you're out there at church every night because that's your safe place and your family's not getting you, then you really need to back off from your social subtype. And really, instead of just saying, I like to help people, I like church, or I love, I really feel passionate about the Republican Party or the Democratic Party, you need to say, I'm so far into my social subtype and into my safety that I've lost sight of my one-to-one time and my self-preservation. So, and now to distinguish the self-preservation from either, it's really people who say, I feel like I can trust myself a little bit more and what my needs are more to myself than I will trust them with others. So I will go ahead and take care of my needs. I'll pull back, I'll shelve it. And I may sometimes say what I need is 
my social time and my spouse. So you may get those confused a little bit there, but really the prime focus for that person is creating a safe place for themselves because they've been overwhelmed by the world. And that sounds very five-ish, but it doesn't have to be a five. It can be any type. It's just, it has to be somebody whose focus is in on replenishment and self-care. And so while I started out with that social subtype in my 20s, I really scaled back into realizing that a safer place for me was self-preservation. But as I said in the last episode when we were going through each type, you can go too far with that and you can stay just in your turtle shell if you're a nine or a three or a six, or you can totally go into that five mode and research all the time and you can get very spoiled. So it's really important that you don't do that if you're a self-preservation subtype. Yeah, that's funny. I know my mom is a self-preservation subtype and I actually know um, one of my friends is a self-preservation as well. And seeing how they operate is just so interesting because you're like, wow, that's not my instinct. But they'll make a comment to me like, this frustrated me because I it took away time for my family. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's so interesting to see what different people's, I guess, main tipping point or main struggle is about, mm-hmm. you know, what what gets on their nerves the most. And so that's mm-hmm. another thing I love about the Enneagram is it does give you further insight and it gives you more details than just being like, well, I'm just this way and that's just how it is. It's like, there's a reason behind why they are that way. And I think understanding subtypes just takes it to a whole new level. Mm. Boy, you're right. And I think of even the intimate subtype when you say that or the self-pres, that there are reasons because we did kind of flesh out some of the reasons for for a couple of these. But with the intimate, it could be that you were really hurt by a group and ostracized and bullied and made fun of and you were a victim of groupthink. And it could be that your self-preservation because you had what I had, which is a total burnout on giving to others. And so you had to literally pull back into self-pres or you were going to be stormed. And I think that's really important to realize sometimes these subtypes are even seasonal where let's examine where I was at in my late 20s having this happen. I was running a mental health clinic as a director. I was nursing a baby. I was taking care of girls who were cutting. I was trying to be a wife to a medical student and I was falling apart without realizing it because I was a seven. So I was literally like, I'm fine. And it happened when I was doing family therapy with a family where I felt that same feeling I had described on the last episode where I felt overwhelmed but didn't guess it as anxiety. And I was able to finish out the session with some grace, but God really moved me to a place where I had to take a step back from my practice, move into a place of a little more rest, stop running five miles a day before work and running road races with a double dog or stroller. And (laughs) just being silly in that way of trying to do it all, even under the guise of I'm getting my self-care because I could look at my life and say, I'm serving at church, I'm getting my fitness, I'm getting my time with God, I'm active in my community. But there was such a safety in these social endeavors that it was really this way too far leaning into the social subtype. So for me, what was really just healing was going back to self-care practices that embodied rest. And my life verse has always been, come to me all you who are tired and weary and I'll give you rest. And I think that was a fun one that I got baptized with not knowing as an 18-year-old when I got baptized that that would be the verse that would really save me from my social subtype. Now I went too far into the self-preservation 
as I turned from the 30s into 40 and I had to realize, oh my goodness, you could go so far, like I said, into that turtle shell where you really lose sight of your mission. So I think it's really important that you own that because your spouse doesn't know what to do literally when you're changing drastically. Maybe even now as you're listening, you're thinking, wow, I've got some major changes to make. Let, let me recommend that you make them slowly because if you're finding one of these has been a shadow and one of these has been a crutch and one of them is probably fairly balanced, it's going to look different when you start to shift and you need to bring your spouse into that shift. So for instance, you brought up your mom being a self-preservation subtype, even though maybe other people in the family would like to see a bit of a shift. If she started to shift too grossly, you would be alarmed. You'd say, what's wrong? Yeah. Are you okay, mom? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. But she's also a five. So that kind of makes sense anyway as to why she's self-preservation. Yes. We see a lot of fives with that instinct. And even as I have seven going to five, it's a very attractive instinct. But I really don't want my kids to see me all the time hovering in bed or feeling like I have to hide from them. And I have a lot of extroverts in my family. I'm introvert slash extrovert, but they really are some of them high extroverts. So for them, even if I do take a couple of hours to myself or even three hours, they're like, what are you doing? And I'm just maybe saying, hey, it's I was up at 6.30. It's now 8.30 or 9. I'm heading into my room for a couple of hours of peace. And for them, that's not understandable because they're like, we're young, we're fun, we have energy. And my husband's a one, so he's got a lot of energy too. But that's when it's okay to kind of go in and be yourself. But if I was just staying in the bedroom all day and kind of leave me alone, I'm replenishing, I'm getting self-care, there's a sense of maybe that's a good thing to do if you've had a a day, uh, nine or 10 days of constant go, go, go. But if you're like me and you have either kids or a spouse or a big job, you can't just sit in self-pres all the time. Can't sit in social all the time. And then let's talk for a minute about what intimate looks like when you're over the top in that. And maybe, Olivia, you can think of a moment when you said since you initially had scored that, did you ever find that you had too much time with one-on-one? Honestly, I don't think that I have, although I know a lot of people because I care. And I don't know if it's just it was a type that like maybe rubbed them the wrong way or something. But obviously, if we're like friends or family or whatever Mm -hmm. it's like you want to spend time with that person but Mm -hmm. I have had two separate people and now granted I think it was like not true I think it was maybe some of their own issues but I've had people be like you're clingy Mm -hmm. and I'm like I'm not clingy Mm -hmm. all you had to do is say like hey I I, maybe I can't hang out this day or something so Mm -hmm. I think sometimes the the care and the want to invest in them and like love on them as your friend can sometimes be twisted around into thinking you're clingy and now mm-hmm. granted there are clingy people let's be real there yes. are some real clingy people that you're there like get are. off yes. me but um I think also maybe as a as a six or even like I can see that happening probably with twos as well mm-hmm. people being like they're clingy or whatever I think a five would probably think a two could be clingy sometimes considering they like to pull back mm-hmm. um but I think it's funny that sometimes it's like, no, it's just because I love you as my friend and you have every opportunity or whatever. A family member, too. I know a lot of people are close with like cousins. Mm -hmm. Um, You might be like, oh, but I just want to invest in you because I love you as my family or friend. But maybe they're like, it's a little much for me. So Mm -hmm. I think picking up on those cues is really helpful as well. And that's something I've had to be mindful of 
Mm -hmm. And I think nonverbals account for about 70% of communication. And I've noticed that you're really good at that because I work with you and I'm a seven. And so Mm -hmm. you would think a seven and a six wouldn't balance out that well, but she's excellent at knowing social cues and very respectful. Mm -hmm. And so I think like you're saying, maybe in the past you'd had it. And I bet a lot of intimate subtypes can relate where people had said over the years, hey, this is a little much. And then you realize I don't want to lose this person. So I'm going to back off. But there's also a sense of please respect me too and just tell me and trust that I am a person who can handle myself. I'm an adult. And as a six, of course, in your case, you're totally fine. But it's just important for people to know, wow, this person has feelings and I don't have to leave 100%. I don't have to let the pendulum swing so far if I'm overwhelmed by somebody in this subtype. But then again, if you're married and you're also that subtype, make sure that you guys don't seclude yourselves off because you're both the intimate subtype and you're just not even helping the world anymore. And I've even had people say, my parents were so close, but then they left me. I mean, I have heard the gamut in two decades of doing coaching and therapy with people. So I'm not kidding when I say, even if you you and your spouse are the same subtype, make sure you're balanced because that's really important. But I love the, the growth journey you've been on, Olivia. And the fact that you've had to kind of look at this and say, am I clingy? And no, I'm not. And I'm not going to be. And that's a mission I have is to make sure my nonverbals accentuate that. And I think we all have our work to do as we think about our nonverbals in our personality type and in our subtype. One of the ways I have to work on my self-preservation subtype is I can be absolutely ridiculous with it if I have too many sessions in a row because I'm trying to avoid what happened in my late 20s with my therapy sessions when I was a counselor and a psychologist in Michigan. And even though I'm coaching now and it's a little bit different, it's very similar. And so when I'm in my office and I have multiple sessions in a row, some of my clients have seen me absolutely dragging in grocery bags full of food. And they're just laughing like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I hate to say it, but I'm kind of like just preparing in case I need to be here for a while or I get hungry or I burn out or I'm anxious and I don't realize it. So we laugh together and that's how we break the ice and that's how they learn my humanity. And of course, as a seven, I want to be careful that I wouldn't over the top that in our session and try to bring that in too much. But the facts are the facts. I'm a human and they're seeing me carrying truckloads of food and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm just like self-pressed. Leave me alone. (laughs) I'm hungry, aren't you? Like, what is wrong? That is so great. Plus, here I am a seven struggling with the issue of gluttony. So it's like double whammy. Like, you're going to make me go three hours without food. And and so, and then some might say as a one, that's child's play. We're talking eight hours without food. But as a seven, as a self-preservation instinct, I'd really try not to plan more than a few hours in a row because that's always on my mind. And also, I do really have to be brave instead of staying home all the time and not doing my work, I have to say, self-preservation or not, there's a mission for you every single day, and it can really stop you if you're not mindful of your subtype. So make sure you're paying attention and make sure you laugh at yourself like Olivia and I have done today because we're just laughing about this. So I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Now that I've heard all this, does everyone have all three of the subtypes, just like maybe one or two are more prevalent than the others? Yes, they do. And so you're always looking to find what is my prevalent one? What's the next one that I'm pretty good at? And for both of us, we're saying we're pretty good at the Mm -hmm. one-to-one. We're both pretty good at the, are you pretty good at self-preservation? I think self-preservation is probably my second because I don't enjoy large groups. Mm -hmm. I enjoy more like, you know, maybe like three people tops. Yes. Right. (laughs) Otherwise, it gets a little out of hand. Yeah. And you're good at self-care. I've Mm -hmm. observed that about you. But then for both of us, our shadow side at this point in our lives may be the 
bigger groups, affiliating with them. Um, sometimes we might be skeptical of them. Sometimes we may feel that we'd be drained too much and I might revisit my ghosts of my past. So it's really important in your ghosts of your past that you say, what is my shadow side as you're listening out there that you really try to make sure that you make some peace with that, that you find your way back to it and you set some boundaries around it so it doesn't overwhelm you, mm -hmm. but that it's still part of you. And so for me, as I said, mine is going to be seeing my clients. I'm part of a teaching co-op. I enjoy that a couple of times a week. I also enjoy teaching the kids at my church about once per month. And I'm a mom and I'm a wife. So that's about all I can handle. And extra friend events, I say no most of the time. And it's not because I'm trying to be antisocial. It's because truly I know this is a season where God has me and I just don't have as much time for that. And I want to make sure that I'm not running frantic as a scattered seven. So I have to always be trying to make sure I don't let the social either lead because I'm too full or that I ignore it altogether because I'm shell-shocked and now I'm retreating in self-prez. And can you relate to that, Olivia, with your social side that you have to be careful? Yeah, I think even in the last year I've seen myself, I think before I was very, I don't, I don't want to say desperate, but I was so excited about hanging out with people because um, of just different things that have happened. So I was very much like, oh my gosh, yes, I'll say yes to anything. Like, I want to go hang out. I want to do this. Mm -hmm. And over the last year, I've kind of learned that with, you know, people in my family working outside the home now and things like that, I'm like, I need to put that first and maybe value the fact that this is their day off. I shouldn't be hanging out with a friend that I could see on another day when this is their day off. And I need to kind of pull back from a social aspect and go more intimate so that I can at least, you know, be with someone one-on-one. -on -one. And that's also a part of self-preservation, I think, because instead of going out and doing something, I have to reserve mm -hmm. so that I can pour into something else. Right. I like that, that you're actually trying to create some beautiful connection between all three. Mm -hmm. And that's really realistic because sometimes we're just merging. And as you said, isn't there overlap? Yes, there is. But listeners out there, just make sure you're trying to daily balance. And I've really worked hard on daily schedules. I don't always have a really tight schedule, but I do have a, a form to my days, which involve a fluidity through all three. And Olivia is working so hard to do that too. So make sure you do that. Make sure you pay attention to all three subtypes. And if you're still not sure which subtype you are, sometimes I wanted to let you know your wing, the number surrounding your type. So for instance, if you're a five, either your six or your four wing, that can sometimes sometimes give you a clue as to what you are. So if you're a five with a four wing, maybe you have more of an intimate subtype. And if you're a five with a six wing, maybe you have more of either the social because you love that group loyalty, or you may have more of that just lean a little bit harder toward the self-preservation. It's not a guarantee because we said each type has a counter type anyway, but it can be a clue because a lot of the time, as we said, fives tend to be self-preservation. One with a two wing tend to be more social. So if you know your subtype, you can say, oh yeah, I have that two side going. I'm very social. This is what I like. But I think that we're getting the sense that we really want to make sure that in marriage, you listen to your partner and what their subtype is too. Because if you don't respect and respond to their subtype, that can create such a disharmony in your marriage and such a low place for you guys. My husband is a one with a two wing social subtype. And if I just said, I'm self-prez, I'm a seven who goes to five in health, I'm checking out, where would we land in our marriage? Or again, even if you had two people who are exactly the same type wing subtype, they check out of the world. Their kids are just toast. So you really have to be mindful of loving everybody with balance 
sense. And when I have to challenge myself, that's where faith comes in because I have to say, I don't want to do this. I may never want to do this, to be honest. I may have been so shell-shocked by what I went through in my social time that I want to be self-present every day. So it's literally an act of faith to step out and say, yes, I'm going to do this. Yes, I'm going to do that. And the minute you do it, you realize how happy you are that you're balanced. You're like, I would be such a hot mess if I didn't have balance in my life. And for some who are married, that comes through your spouse. So as much as you may be mourning the fact that you're too different, I really want you to reframe it and to celebrate it, even though you may be shuddering all the while, like, no, more social time or more self-preservation. How could they need more time at home? But just say, I'm going to be balanced. Even if my spouse isn't balanced, my mission is to be balanced. And that will bless them. And it will also lean into their subtype when they're asking you to help. But don't lean in so far that you're forgetting your own balance because you really don't want to be codependent in a marriage. We talk a lot about subtypes, types, wings, and we're really going into even more depths in our Enneagram and Marriage Workbook. So if you haven't downloaded that yet, Olivia will tell you where you can find that. Yes, so you can either go to our Instagram bio and click the link in there if that's easier for you, or you can find it on reflectionscc.com and there should be a little pop-up, or you can also find it in the menu bar. Awesome. And then we're also very excited to let you know that if you're looking for more energy in your marriage overall, we're going to be doing an awesome online course called Just My Type, Energizing Your Marriage with the Enneagram. So you can find links to our webinars on those exact same sites so that you could get started if you want to work with me personally, or you want to work with your spouse on a more regular format. You're thinking it's still the beginning of the year. I want to make sure that as we're hitting Valentine's Day and important anniversaries and just making it in marriage because it's so hard. You want to do that with energy, with strength, with wisdom. We have an amazing course coming out for you and we're giving away so much good content at such a ridiculously awesome price. So make sure you check it out and you can find our webinar leading to that course at our websites. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's going to be so much fun. I'm so excited. So we'll see you guys soon. Bye. Bye.